This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Sons of Noah, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Yafet. Um, we did them in the order of Yafet, Shem, and Ham. And they're the progenitors of creation, uh, meaning f- after the flood, it's like the whole world starts again. And those three people started, you know, got the ball rolling. We went through the details yesterday of what they're all about. Um, but the basic one is uh, the oldest, Yafet, um, which is from the word Yofi, is into external beauty. He's like into externalities. Western. He's a Western. And we, we actually read their family trees. Um, sorry. Yesterday we did it. We read their family trees because from them come the fam- the 70 nations, those three, those three people. And from them come the Europeans. So in other words, America today, even though it's a melting pot, its main thrust is from uh, Western civilization. Then uh, we discussed Ham. Ham is the instinctual son. The word Ham means hot, instinctual. And that's the aboriginal cultures, the Africans, all uh, aboriginal people, the Canaanites who were here before the Jews moved in. And then finally we discussed Shame, which is our ancestor of those three. And shame is the word, anyone know what shame means? In Hebrew, not in English. Shame means meaning, name. It means name. Shame, ma shame shecha. What's your name? Shame means name. And the word name really means meaning. It's, it's people who like to name things. People who search for truth. Now, it's no wonder that a person like Abraham came from shame. Because Abraham was, that's what he was. He was a searcher. They were all into meaning. But, meaning people of the, the Semitic tribes. You know the word Semitic. comes from the word Shem. Shemitic. So the Shemitic tribes were all interested in meaning. But Abraham was like crazy into meaning. So he's like the star of the Semitic tribes. There's no one else was like him. They were all basically idolaters in the end. But Abraham himself was like this rage against the machine, crazy, you know, truth seeker. Who like burned, like destroyed his father's idols. His father was the idol maker. He was like this famous idol maker. And, and Abraham was the son of the famous idol maker. And he just burned it. It would be like Steven Spielberg's daughter, you know, being up late at night and deciding to, you know, this isn't true and it's so fake and it's so plastic Hollywood and, and I'm just, I just gotta do a rebel sacrifice. And, uh, he comes in the next morning to his sunken living room to find a smoldering bonfire of Academy Awards, you know. And she says to him, you know, it's, it's fake, Dad. It's fake. That was Abraham. Abraham was like this crazy, outraged person. I think everyone in this room, I think, has had times, would you agree, everyone, Ash, Yoni, ladies, you had times when you were a kid growing up in Western civilization uh, that you were like, there's got to be something more than this. You ever had that feeling? Yeah? You ever think that way, Yoni? Hello, you guys awake? Oh, did you just get in? Did you just get to Israel? Sorry. <laughs> you guys alive? Did you just get here? Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you guys party last night? I just woke up. You also woke up? Just... You guys ever had a moment in your lives that you said to yourself, there's got to be more than this? Ash? Gershon? Sorry. Ruben? Ruben? Speakers, you ever had a moment like that? Ladies growing up, you ever have moments like, this can't, this can't be all that there is. Like, there's got to be more than this. You ran that? You ran that? You ran that? You ran that? Yeah. Okay, let's do. Let's, let's go around again. I just got to see. The, the scale of one to ten, how strong was that voice? Ten is you're burning your parents' house down. Okay. Uh, five is. Uh, seven is you're existentially uncomfortable for several years. Okay. Five is. Um, five is it's just something that bothers you. Two, it's always in the back of your mind. And one is. Yeah, I thought it once or twice. Okay? That's a scale of one, one to ten. Okay? So I would say growing up, mine was a uh, nine. Sometimes a ten. Go ahead. Six. Six. Seven point seven. Eight. Eight. Seven. Seven. What? Huh? Seven. Seven. Or eight. Seven also. Nine. Nine. Wow. Sorry. It's a lonely feeling. Two <laughs> 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 But yeah, I know from before. You know, I kind of felt it not in my childhood, but later. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that's why I started getting into Judaism. Uh-huh. I have to say it's always in the back of my mind. Always. Always in the back of my mind, but lower numbers as far as the rage. Yes. Okay, very good. Let me see if I can find a Gentile to ask them, because this is a Semitic thing. I need to find someone from Yafit. Let me just see if I luck out here. Arabs are Semitic, so it wasn't going to be a proper uh, control test. And then I just found some hippie in a backpack. He told me it was an eight. <laughs> well, was he Jewish? That guy? Hippie. The hippie? Yeah, he was very Jewish. <laughs> very Jewish. So I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking around the Shiva and everything. You know, people look different from all of them, you know, but they're all here with higher numbers probably, or at least numbers on the scale. Um, they're searching. Yet in my own family or, or others, I think that they have elements of each of the... Yeah. And so how does that mean? They have elements of yuffet and shame. Yeah. And wouldn't so do you really just of yuffet or just of ham, no elements of shame. Yeah. They still have a, a yearning. And I just wanted to hear numbers. I wasn't saying there wasn't going to be. No, so I'm not arguing. I'm asking. Like, what do you think? Oh, no, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I can tell you this much. Um, I remember at parties in university that were, um, they were of the more experiential style parties that um, they went all night, these kind of parties. And what was interesting was the party itself would segregate itself. These are all... Jews and Gentiles totally mixed in. 
no one who's Jewish as being Jewish or identifying themselves as Jewish. No one who's Gentile saying, I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew. They're totally mixed in. This was Santa Barbara. The party itself would segregate itself every time. It was the weirdest thing. To Jews and non-Jews, yeah. Strangest thing. What would happen was, by sunrise, the entire living room where everyone was dancing was Gentiles. And everyone inside one of the rooms, there'd be a whole gang of people in a room who were talking about, like, how this connects to that, connects to this, connects to that, connects to this, and, like, blowing their minds on the connections of things, which is meaning, meaning, I never realized that was... That concept was so related to that concept. And, uh, and so I'm like, are you kidding? That totally relates to that concept, which relates. I mean, they were all like making all these connections. Do you know what, I, you know what I'm talking about? Where the light bulb's like going off on how something hits. It's epiphany. That's the concept of epiphany. Every time we had these parties in the morning, there was a room full of Jews and a dance floor full of Gentiles. It was the weirdest thing. And we'd often, you know, in the morning, we'd all look at each other like, hey, let's go get some, you know, let's go get some coffee or whatever. <laughs> look at each other. Are you Jewish? Like, yeah. Are you Jewish? Yeah. Are you Jewish? Oh, my gosh, we're all Jewish. And then we come out of the room, and there's a room full of Gentiles who are just, like, crashed out on couches because they've been dancing for, like, seven, eight hours. And they're just crashed out. A room filled with Gentiles. Totally crashed out. Now, every Jew has that in them. And, and Gentiles, by the way, it doesn't mean a Gentile can't have the search and the uh, existential um, angst, I don't know, uh, discomfort with society. You don't have to be a Jew to have that. Nor do, does every Jew have that. I know Jews who are, you know, sometimes, interestingly, you'll find Jews are the most into the physicality. They're the most into it. And interestingly, you'll often find that it's a Cohen. It'll be the Cohen with the convertible sports car and the Gentile wife or girlfriend next to him in the, in the front seat. It's often the Cohen. Why? Because the, in the Jewish community, there's three types of Jews today. There's Kohanim, the Vim, and Yisrael, normal Israel Jews. And the Kohanim are the most spiritual of all. Well, based on how much you deny your spirituality, based on how much you just never plugged it in to the wall, so then, you know, meaning meaning there's soul and body. So based on how much you ignore the soul, the body moves stronger. So the Kohen often has the strongest body, meaning you have two voices, a soul voice and a body voice, and they're supposed to work together a bit. But the more you ignore the soul voice, or we're never taught about the soul voice, how to identify it properly, so then the body voice gets more strength. And the, so the, the anyway, the Kohen can often be the wildest in body than compared to a Israel. And it's a, it's a big factor. So, Jews are often very much into this world. Also, you'll find, um, You'll find maybe someone searching in university, for example, who later um, gets their search shut down by, you know, get a job and make some money and, like, be with the program. It's very nice they're searching now, but, you know, you got to be real. What about, what about making a living? Like, what about, 
you know, and you can't make a living unless you cut your hair. And you know, to the searching university guy, you know, or, you know, you got to get with the program. So many people started off with a great search. You can still catch them though, being Jewish, like for example, falling asleep during the symphony. Um, meaning, if you can have a camera, a video camera shooting out from the symphony towards the audience, it's the ones that just nod off are the Jews. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> no, but the one, the ones, see, the, the, well, let me explain in a sec, but they're the ones nodding off are usually the Jews because, because it's pure Yafet. Is the, the symphony is Yafet. Isn't it beautiful? Listen to the music. Doesn't have beauty of form, right? Yafet's Greece. Okay, it's, it's ultimately going to be Greece. Okay, his key descendant is Yavan. Right? Isn't it beautiful of form? Now, you'll notice, by the way, that the Jews love having the program, especially, to read what the composer was going through, and they'll stay awake. They'll be like, oh, this must be when his, you know, child was sick or something. And, and they read, you know, because they hear it in the, this violin uh, little uh, line that the violin's playing is clearly when his child was sick, meaning they have to make meaning out of it. It's not just beauty of form. It's got to be shame. It has to be involved. The, the meaning of what's going on has to be there. Um, but that boredom with Yafet is, is a Jewish type of thing. Unless, of course, we make meaning out of it. We like to make meaning out of these, these things um, in particular. But they, this all comes from a class that Jews are either... Um, um, Depressed, distracted, or determined. I'm sorry, depressed, distracted, or devout. The three D's. The three D's. Depressed, distracted, or devout. Depressed is just like, there must be something more, but I never met what that was. Sounds a little depressing, right? Locked in the matrix. Anyway, we've been, this class is all about it's all about shame, which says there must be something more. There must be something more. Okay, that's in our soul, that there's got to be something more. Now, what is that more? It's obviously God. So Jews always wind up being, either they're depressed, because they never found that something more, and that's depressing, because you got this conviction that there's something more, but you never find it. And I certainly never found it in West LA, you know, or, and I just toured the world surfing. I never, you know, met all kinds of religions. I never found anything really truthful. A lot of faiths, kind of blind faith. You know, no one there told me I had to use my head and argue to get to the truth of their religion. It was the opposite. It was my arguments that was not working. That's what was making it not possible for me to get to their religions. And Judaism, I was told the exact opposite. The only way you'll make it here is by fighting for, with every last ounce of energy you got for truth. And then maybe you'll get it. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe. If, you, if you're smart and you really punch through walls and fight with every rabbi you meet, then you might get it. Isn't that amazing? 
That's literally what I was told, and that's literally what happened. And so I went in fighting. I came when I got to Israel. I came in with boxing gloves, and I just was fighting the rabbis with everything, and fighting the yeshiva boys, especially these guys. I thought I had more of a chance because <laughs> I thought I'd win the yeshiva boys much more of them than I was going to beat the rabbis. So I, I saw the sunrise. How many days in a row? Eight, nine days in a row. I saw the sunrise arguing with these guys. And they, because that was what I was told. Someone told me in America. Like, you go in there fighting for everything. There's no faith in Judaism. There's only fight. <coughs> now, once, if you actually, you know, like, get to the point where you're saying this is real, then there's faith in that. I mean, you can have, there's nothing wrong with having faith. It's like having faith in your marriage. You know your spouse is real. You can have faith in that marriage. See, the Gentile definition of faith is you believe something that lacks evidence. That's faith, right? I believe what wasn't necessarily proven, but you can believe it. Faith in Judaism means I know this is real. I will be faithful to that. Like a Toyota is a faithful car. A Maserati, Maserati is not such a faithful car. It's a very temperamental car. I don't know how they are today. They used to be quite temperamental. It wasn't a faithful car. Toyota, you turn it on, it goes on and it's They're both real things. One's more faithful than the other. Okay. Um, so the Jew has inside. I'm talking about the switch for true. Depressed, distracted, and. No, I was just saying, I just want to finish the, the asking the questions point. Is that, is that the person who put, oh, so in the group of people that I came with, I came with 30 students, um, the people who fought the hardest, they got it. The people who fought the least are like, what do I want to fight for? What do I want to fight for? I'm on my trip to Israel. I want to go visit the Golan. I want to, you know, I don't mind learning Torah. Like, Torah is nice. I'll go to the Torah classes, but I want to go to the Golan. I go to Eilat. I drink a beer in Tel Aviv. And I want to tour too. Tour and learn. And they, by the way, they love the learning. I think they got an appreciation for Judaism. They'll never lose. I don't think one person in the group ever married a Gentile in the group. I'm almost positive no one married a Gentile of those 30. So it was very valuable for everyone. But the people who fought, people who fought, got it. They really got it deeply. Forever. We're all still friends. We're all still connected. Celebrating each other's... Uh, Actually, this year we're celebrating each other's kids' bar mitzvahs and births <laughs> at the same time. In our community, you're celebrating bar mitzvahs and births together. Yeah. So, if you never find it like you grew up in West LA like I did and no one never find it, it gets depressing because you, you have this voice saying there's got to be something more, but you got no one telling you what that something more is. If on the other hand, there's, if on the other hand, there, the, you become, you're like really good at things. Like you're really good at, I don't know, bodybuilding or you're really good at science or, you know, you're, you're really good at, uh, at, you know, sport or you're really good at, at, you know, intellectual study. You're really good at something. You could be good enough that you stay, what? Distracted. That's the other kind of Jew, and it's rare. I mean, it's like this is like ninety to ninety to ten, maybe. You know, the 
the, that's the distracted you. That's like the Einsteins or the the Freuds or the the uh, um, Marx. Or, these are people who are like you know, or the, all the tycoons, you know, all these super wealthy Jews, the Lehman Brothers, or people like that. Um, they just you know, highly successful in something. Highly successful in something to distraction. And by the way, why do Jews rise up so much? There's a spiritual answer, which is not for this class. But you could say that the, the that drive that Jews have comes from, I better have that drive because if I succeed, let's say I'm going for a million, I make the million, well, guess what voice comes back in? There must be something more. Well, it starts getting a little distracting after a while. So, I mean, disturbing after a while. I better go make another million. And if you're good at distracting yourself, you'll distract yourself more. Most Jews can't distract themselves on that level. Most Jews, either the voice is stronger or they're not so good at every at that particular thing that it distracts them totally. You know, like an Olympic gymnast is completely distracted from anything because they're being an Olympic gymnast, well, there are Jews who have done like that level of determination in something, and they become highly successful at it. But it's all really built out of this distraction. And the last, obviously, is the devout. People are devoted. Oh, maybe devoted is more Jewish to say than devout. Devout? Um, let's call it devoted. It's the word devoted. Um, devout means, uh, or devoted means uh, dedicated. They're dedicated to Hashem, to God. Um, meaning that whole, there must be something more. I mean, what is the something more? You got the physical world. This you can check out any science book, National Geographic. You can watch the Discovery Channel till you're, you know, blue in the face. You will get more of this world. No matter how much science you study, you get more of this world. No matter how much philosophy, no matter how much English literature, no matter how much art, no matter how much music, it will always be of this world. No matter how much astronomy, you I don't care if you're tired of this world, now you're going for other galaxies to understand. It's still this world. You can, uh, No matter where you go to check out something, it will be of this world. So obviously, the genetic disposition to there must be something more that's built into the Semitic tribes, specifically with Abraham and his line. It is, and by the way, the reason we have it so much stronger than Yishmael, the Arab people, why is it so much stronger than us, than, than an Arab or someone? Because they're also from Abraham. Why is it so much stronger than Asaph, who's also from that line, who's, who's kind of his family tree goes also towards Europe? How come it's so much stronger than us? The answer is Sinai. Sinai, like, freaked us out. Sinai created a collective subconscious reality of that something more because God rendezvoused. Whatever that something more is actually rendezvoused with us. It's only happened once in history. That God actually broke his own rules of nature and just reached through the whole system and, like, flipped out a whole nation. Told one nation a tremendous secret. How do you tell How do you tell three million people a secret, by the way? without anyone else hearing. Sinai Desert. Anyone been in the Sinai? Yeah? 
if you've been to the Sinai, you know what I'm talking about. You could tell three million people something in the Sinai, and no one else know about it. It's an amazing desert, really a vast, expansive wilderness, and the and it's amazing because it's this was where the this was like the seat of population in the world. So how do you tell like, three million people something? How do you have a ra- rendezvous with great wonders? Totally supernatural, ripping through the fabric of nature in the middle of the most populated area of the globe. The answer is the Sinai Desert. So that's why we're so freaked out about this. Meaning other Semitic people also are interested in meaning. You see how simply they live. Indian people are also Semitic. People live in India, they live so simply. Most Arabs live so simply. They're not interested in that same, they don't lust after the, the uh, physical, like Westerners. It's just that we Jews in this room, if you understand my English, have been brainwashed by thousands of years of living amongst Asaph. That's why Sfaradim, who grew up in Semitic countries, um, are they feel much closer to God than Ashkenazim. They don't understand this. You gotta understand the average cab driver who you think secular feels closer to God than I do, the rabbi who's Ashkenazi. Meaning he, in his nature, has never had his soul ripped out of him like a Westerner has. And he feels, even though he may not be observant, feels God is as it's, God is as true as is oxygen or gravity. Whereas the the Ashkenazi will have to give you arguments for it. He will have to somehow explain how he got to God. This party doesn't have to give you arguments how he got to God because he hasn't had his connection ripped out. The Ashkenazi has had his connection majorly played with by growing up and living amongst Westerners, amongst Western people. Um, this should obviously be, one of the things you should be getting from this is Jews are not Westerners. You understand? We've been hosted by Westerners. They've had done a real number on us. But we are not Westerners. Okay? We're not Easterners either. We're, we're Jews. And, uh, and there you have it. Have a beautiful day. I bless you to be devoted, not depressed. You can stop distracting yourselves. You'll be much happier. Just going for the search and really going without stopping, without ending in anything except for God. I mean, that's the end. In the in the in the end, it's God that that is discovered. But I, you can't take my word for it. You got to do your own search. You got to see if it's real and see if it's true that God is on the other side of the matrix. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.